You know, I don't know how much money we're going to get in our or our contribution fund from Vimeo, but I will tell you this, or excuse me, from Venmo, we'll tell you this, no matter how many people support us, Keith, we're never going to have enough money to buy a million-dollar NFL spot. But a lot of people do. So we'll talk about that and whether it's worthwhile. And regardless of the media, everybody needs a good copywriter. Have you ever written copy, Keith? Oh, yeah. Lots of copy. Are, Are you a good copywriter? Yeah, well, so we'll talk about an interesting outsourcing new idea and the soap opera drama with, what's his name? Ed Stoltz. Continues. Yes, Mr. Ed. Yep. Mr. Ed, new scene. Just, it's getting ridiculous. Actually, that's not true. It's been ridiculous for some time. It's getting even more ridiculous. The next chapter of ridiculousness is on deck at Media Insulted. So good morning. We are back with another episode of Media Insultant. We do this each Tuesday and Friday. Keith and I get together. We talk about our opinions, our ideas, and primarily targeted at radio and TV salespeople and management, past and present. So I'm Jackson Weaver in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, my co-host is Keith Samuels down in sunny Los Angeles. I'm still rubbing it in. He just got back from a a long vacation in Hawaii, still looking good. The tan hasn't worn off. Well, you don't tan a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you're dude, too much of a North- I'm totally you're too stoked, much- dude. You're too much of a Northeasterner to have a big town, yeah, my friend. We do this each uh, Tuesday and Friday. So today, Keith and I would like to welcome you to the Friday, September 9th episode of Media Insultant. So Jackson, you know, one of the fun parts about uh, uh, about a trip to Hawaii is the long flight to get there and back. It's about a six-hour flight over. It's about a five-and-a-half-hour flight back to L.A., and it's great fun. I mean, it's just, and I love the window seat, and I love looking at all the puffy clouds and the blue ocean, and it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a great treat. There's nothing to look at because there's nothing there. You know, occasionally you'll see a ship. But it's just the, it's like you're in heaven. It's just the billowy clouds and all this. And then you land in the tropics and it's beautiful. And we flew home on Hawaiian Airlines and on one of their brand new uh, uh, Airbus 321 Neos. And we were fortunate enough to be in, in first class, dare I say that. And part of the meal service, and the meal was great. They've got some guys in Hawaii that are chefs that, that are doing a great food service on Hawaiian. No complaints whatsoever. And on my placemat on my tray for my dinner coming home was this little origami aloha shirt okay see it's kind of folded paper see see yeah yeah but it looks like a little aloha shirt okay and on the back i see it's sponsored by kahala which is a big hawaiian-based manufacturer of you know hawaiian clothing shorts but primarily they're hawaiian shirts kahala is a great line and this is the cover for your salt and pepper. So you open it up, and you get the salt and pepper. So and you're left with this piece of paper. Okay, you get the little salt and pepper packages out, and you're you know sprinkling it on your on your entree. But on the paper, they've got a QR code. So I'm sitting there having my you know my uh, my second mai tai, and I'm thinking of my buddy Jackson at Media Insulted because you are a QR code king right now. You're all over the QR code thing, right? So I'm thinking I'm gonna 
I'm going to look at this QR code. So I get my phone out, okay, and I, 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 and I use my camera, and I take a picture of the little QR code thinking like something magic's going to happen, right? But I can't get anywhere because I'm on the Hawaiian Wi-Fi in the Hawaiian Airlines flight, and all I can do is look at the Hawaiian Airlines content. I can't <laughs> connect to the web. So I'm thinking, oh, you know, great idea, fun execution, but I had to wait till I got home to take a picture of this so I could go to, wait, get for it, a direct link to the Kahala website, their main website. So it's not a special website that says because you were traveling on Hawaiian Airlines, you get 15, 20, 25% off, or you get instant savings. Here's the offer code. When you get home, scan on this, get the offer. No, it's just a, it's just a, a cute idea, bad execution, because A, I can't connect because I'm I'm at 36,000 feet, and I'm 2,000 miles from America. And B, even when I got home and could connect, there was no special offer that make me go why I should have saved this little thing. So uh, it was a great idea, fun execution, up to a point. But I think they really missed it. And I'm going to write to the Kahala guys and gals and say, here's how I would have done it. And I'm going to tell them that we use a QR code in our show, and people love it. They're connected. You're watching or listening online, and you could, you could activate this QR code. But they missed the activation part in a big way, so I'm going to let them well, know. And yes, you're right. I'm a bit of a QR code freak. I think it's pretty geeky and pretty fun, but yeah. it has, still has to be executed. Yeah, like yeah. Any, of those, any of these tools, they have to be well executed, they have to be well thought out, and you have to give people an incentive and not to have that connect immediately to something that said thanks for flying hawaiian hope you enjoyed the salt and pepper here's a special deal it, it's that's crazy that's yep. crazy yeah well thank you for it. sharing that keith that's another little interesting anecdotal story so thank you all right in a word is a spot on nfl sunday night football worth nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars one thirty second spot in a word yes. keith yes yes okay i would have said probably you're hedging your bet i'm going all in on yes okay why as we talked about on our tuesday show you know where nbc has a a 0.48 rating during the week from 10 10 to 11 p.m prime time but nfl matt you know just goes way beyond that there's seven there's what 17 million people watching on sunday night football or the average average, on average It's a bigger audience than you can find anywhere in prime time on a regular basis. Now you can get, you know, the Academy Awards have tanked. Nobody's watching the Emmys anymore. The Grammys don't get this number at all. The only big numbers in television are live sports, primarily live NFL. Whether or not the cost per point is comparable to what you'd pay on other content on on on, on network television, that's not the point. The point is, is that you're going to get so many people at the same time getting the same shared experience watching your spot it's it's unmatched in in reach and also in effectiveness i think of anywhere else in advertising yeah i think i think that's that's the key to me that's the key upside if you're an advertiser is nowhere else you're going to get that kind of impact and the interesting thing with the nfl is the number of females watching football is continuing to increase so you're getting a pretty pretty broad spectrum now the downside, if you're an advertiser, is 
Boy, that's a, sure a big flurry of spots. Easy to get lost in that, you know, that six or eight spot break. And, you know, you've mentioned excessive CPP. That's, that's right. But that'll only go, they'll, the advertisers will continue to pay it until it doesn't yield a, a, a substantial result. So the cost per point is going to go way up. And, you know, it sucks a lot of budget all at one time. Yeah. Yep. And it, the truth is it kind of turns the networks now into a one-trick pony. Because we talked about the decline of primetime. It makes them really sports-addicted. Sports and then the yep. question, Keith, which you and I bring up all the time, is Amazon. <laughs> Amazon's got Thursday Night Football. Yeah, yeah. They paid a billion yeah. for it. And to show how R&D it is, Fox billed $671 million with it last year. Fox is paying a billion this year. You add in production and talent costs on top of that, and probably a 40% diminishment in audience, it's going to be an R&D. They're going to, they're, they're going to lose money on this for the, what is it, a three- or five-year term for Amazon? Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's the the deal with Nielsen is a three year deal. I'm not. I think their their deal with the NFL is five. Yeah, yeah. It's more, yeah. it's longer than their Nielsen deal. But come on, we all know that the the sports rights game is as much a vanity and ego play as anything there is in our business. It is for local stations. You know, we talked about King Five becoming your official, you know, uh, a Seahawks television station, and it's like. Uh, Means nothing. Yeah, you get three preseason games and get a coach's show once a week, and that wow, whoa! I can't get that content anywhere else. So it's all vanity and ego, and they being able to have that association and have the tickets and the suites and the access to the players and the coaches. And it's the same thing, in, you know, with Amazon and these streaming services getting into the into the business. I think I think Amazon's going to get their proverbial ass handed to them this year on this. They're also going to have to sell it traditionally. We talked about that. And if the games don't perform, they're going to have to run Make Goods and Future Future Games. So welcome to traditional television sales, Amazon, because yeah, that's, I, what it, that's what it is. Yeah, and I agree with you that they may get their ass handed to them this year. They don't care. They don't care. This is, this is all R&D money. And my long-term takeaway on it is the networks had better enjoy this incredible bounty of NFL because Amazon has the capability to monetize sports ultimately better than anyone. That's my opinion. And they will be able to take these rights away from the networks. And so I hope the networks enjoy it. They've got a 10-year deal they signed a year ago, I think, something like that. But it has an out at seven years. So mm-hmm. they have seven years of bonanza time. And then, you know, the uh, the, the OK Corral shootout is going to begin, and we'll see what that but that happens. Okay. Well, and you and you and I in a couple of weeks will circle back on this story because Thursday night football begins this Thursday night. I mean, yeah, that like, sounds right. Yeah, last night. Last night. Uh, right. So neither uh, one of us watched it. So yeah, yeah. So, but I'm not sure when the Amazon starts. So I got I got to do some research on that. But we're going to track Amazon's viewership because they're going to have to release what their viewership was. And we'll have a good gauge as to how it compared to what 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 it was on on Fox last year on on the terrestrial network. Now they have done a deal. Amazon has done a deal with Directv to be able to show the Amazon games in sports bars that are subscribing to Directv. Okay, so you know it's not like your sports bar is going to go get on Amazon because they're not they're not equipped for that. They are equipped to bring it down from the satellite on Directv. Okay. So they did a deal 
just before the season started with DirecTV. So they're realizing this isn't just simply a streaming play, kids. This is, this is, this is a lot different animal than what they are used to doing. And, and now we'll see how the audiences shake out. So in a couple of weeks, we'll let you know what the audience levels were like for Amazon's coverage of NFL football. A lot of money sloshing around, Keith. There it is. I've always said, you know, if you can just get on the edge of something like that and just take a point here, a point there, there's serious money. We have, as you and I have been in the business, we have seen more and more outsourcing for functions at a radio or a TV station that used to be in-house. You know, we used to have program directors. Well, now we've got group program directors or even consultants who do the programming. They're brand managers. There's no program directors anymore. They're brand managers. That's right. They're they're managing a brand. Okay, you're being snarky, but you're right. (laughs) And we've also outsourced uh, production. You know, yep. radio and TV production, accounting, uh-huh. engineering, all kinds of things. So now comes a, a new service uh, by a company by the name of Right Label. And what they outsource basically is on-demand copywriting service. This is kind of cool. You, you um, Essentially, it's an online submission. So you go in and tell them what you want mm-hmm. and maybe include some graphics if necessary. And within an hour, you get five pieces of new copy back. Mm-hmm. And the copy is from multiple writers. Mm. So it's easy to do in your client's office. You sit down and say, you know, let's take in a little bit of content information. And instead of taking it back to the office and having somebody copyright it, you say, look, let's go have lunch and we'll have copy by the time we get to dessert. So some nice advantages to that. Uh, iHeart has had this service, Write Labels, in in service for the past two years exclusively. I think they call it AdWrite or AdLink or something like that. And they've now made it available to other broadcasters. Uh, you know, for those of us who are in the radio business and know how important it is to outsource that stuff, uh, that is going to continue. And I would encourage you to go check rightlabel.com. Yeah, and it's interesting because Next, Next Star, the television group, has also been using Right Label. Um, their testimonial on the website for Right Label is a little, you know, they say, they, they, they try to. Avoid mentioning Nexstar, but they list one of their people as a Nexstar person. You know, this is really interesting because we used to have, back in the days, we used to have production directors at every radio station. These were the people that produced the radio commercials that needed to be written by, you know, the station. Or even copy that was submitted by the client would get voiced by or recorded by one of the station personalities or the production director. And there there would be our spot. We'd get it approved and, you know, da 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 now, in a consolidated cluster, you've taken all these radio stations and put them into one building. There's like maybe two production directors now that are doing all the promos and they're doing all the, you know, all the spots. And they don't have a lot of time to do copywriting. So this makes a lot of sense to have copywriters that are prof- But it, then, it, then it fell to the radio salespeople or right, the TV right. salesperson that they would produce the spot. They'd write the copy. They'd do the graphics. They'd put it all together. Your production people would do it, and it was really fun because you had production people locally who did it. Now we've cut all those people out, so there's nobody to write it. And by the way, you don't have time to do it because you're too busy doing your CRM and doing all your KPIs and doing all your cold calling and you know all that stuff. So you don't have time to write it. Get your ass out on the street, you piece of shit. Quit writing spots. Use Right Label. <laughs> now, Right Label's background is if you, if, you, if you study the company and go to their website – their heritage is doing business writing. So this is for people who need to write a press release. 
They need to write uh, a, a capsule, a company description. It's, you know, they website write a content, sure. They, website, sure. they got to write a brochure. They got to do email. This is where Right Label uh, came together. How they came together with iHeart, I'm not sure. But it had to be at a very high level. Could have happened here in L.A. Could have happened in New York. I'm not sure. But somewhere along the line, they said, we, hey, we can write copy. Or could you guys write copy for us? And they said, sure. How tough could that be, right? And so Right Label has a, uh, a stable of probably thousands of writers all around the country that are sitting around in their basement on a computer cranking this stuff out, you know, 24-7. So it's it's a you know apparently they're pretty talented guys and gals and and this is a nice thing for Clear Channel or iHeart and now they're going to run it out to the whole broadcast industry and see what they can get. So uh, they probably had a two year exclusive right with uh, iHeart and yeah, yeah and so uh, and now now they can you know, they're going to go after it. but you know it's it's the further away I am from from that process as a rep, the more skeptical I get, and it almost becomes like. Well, then who needs the rep? It's another reason not to have a local sales rep because the, hey, the client could submit this information to Right Label. Right Label sends it back to the client. The client sends it back to the station. Or shoot, well, an, an assistant at the radio station could get this information from a client, put it into the Right Label format, and let them crank back the spots. Again, another reason that, there's, that we don't need to value a salesperson who's a great copywriter. Well, but Keith, here's the other thing. Don't forget, it's all in the execution. If you're a good uh, account exec, you're going to talk to the client and you're going to get that input directly from him. You're going to come back and say, here are the five different angles we can take on a different creative. You can control that process. So okay. I, I, I hear your point, but there again, it's it's the execution. Of course, you know, nobody's got time, as you said, to execute anything. They're too busy doing their CRM. All right, speaking <laughs> of execution, we I don't want to get too far into the weeds on this this morning, but we've had this ongoing drama, the, the soap opera of Ed Stoltz, ever since we started Media mm-hmm. Insultant. We've been yeah. talking about this maybe once every month or two. And frankly, I think even the geekiest of us radio fans are getting a little tired of it. Uh, you know, Keith, you and I have talked about this for you know, for years now. Uh, three stations forced into bankruptcy, and since then, the owner Ed Stoltz has, at every turn, stalled the process. Mm-hmm. And essentially, last week, the federal court, a federal court, came out with a ruling that said that Stoltz can't exit his receivership as Stoltz had requested. He'd requested exiting the receivership because he said, "Well, I paid off." this group of music publishers that I owed the money to. Right. And so he said, so I should be able to exit my bankruptcy and keep the radio stations. And the federal court said, uh, you know, that's just the beginning. You've got yeah. millions of dollars in unpaid bills that are still stacking up. you got to get all of those cleaned up before you can exit this. So, you know, I, I mean, we still believe in justice, and we think it'll prevail. We both uh, really applaud Larry Patrick, and we also send him our sympathies. So what do you think? Do you think this is – what did you say? You said it, that the hear, next hearing on it's in January? Well, I think the next bankruptcy hearing in Reno, because what we have here is two legal processes going, and this is, this is right out of the Ed Stoltz playbook. It's just litigate in every direction you can – 
and hoping that people will just give up and go away. He owes Larry Patrick 1.2 million. You know, he owes uh, uh, you know the company that was going to buy the stations, VCY. Uh, he owes them money. They invested in the properties to try to make them you know arable. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's just he's just hoping that he can run this out and 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 everybody's just going to ha- throw their hands up and walk away and Ed gets away with it. He still has tower rentals that he owes in each of his cities, uh, at least in in in, in Vegas and in, in San Francisco. He's saying he can sell his off the air FM in Alameda, you know, for ten million dollars. Uh, he's still not going to pay the lawyers. He's still not going to pay Ed Pat. You know, he's not going to pay Larry Patrick. You know, but. He's pledged some personal property outside Sacramento to, you know, to, to pay things off. You know, he's danced it around so the bankruptcy judge in Reno thinks he's legit. The federal court guys in a separate court process are going, no, no, you were put into receivership and you're still in receivership. You're not getting out of receivership. So we have these kind of this clash of legal processes going on and it's crazy making. And I just hope that Larry hangs in there and says, who was the court-appointed receiver? He didn't just come in and become the receiver. He was appointed by the the court court to take over the operation and get this thing sold and pay off the creditors. And in the process, found out that there were a hell of a lot more creditors than had been revealed and a a hell of a lot more operational problems with these stations than 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 had been revealed. And of course, our good friends at the FCC, hey, we're, you know, we're not getting involved in this at all. You know, so it's 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 we're gonna we're gonna carry through on this and grind it out until until it all comes uh, to a close. And I we hope that that's the, the the proper way where Larry will pay off all the debts, sell the stations to VCY. There'll be money left over for Ed. That's the thing. There'll be money left over for Ed. Ed just wants to strike it rich in San Francisco with this, quote, $10 million station that he can sell. Well, if, if he could sell for $10 million, you think he'd be announcing it right now? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. All right, well, we've, you know, as I said, I didn't want to get too into the weeds. You know, we've we've been kicking Ed Stoltz in these uh, stations around, so we're going <laughs> to... We're going to move on because it is time to run, Keith. Uh, we'll be back uh, next Tuesday. Yep. Who knows what new developments will will spring forth between now and Tuesday. And we do new shows each Tuesday and Friday. Really appreciate your support. We are a production of In Town Media. You can find our podcast on any podcast platform. Yep. The videos are available at the Media Insultant Showcase on Vimeo. You can uh, support us on Venmo, but Media Insultant on Vimeo is where the videos are. And I still have to think that through every time I say it. <laughs> and we, and we, the video shows are so much more fun. Although we have our podcast fans, they're, they're loyal and they're out there. And we appreciate their comments and their leads and their input and what's going on. And we'll share with some of those with you when I do my next personnel moves next week. Next week. All right. Comments anytime. Jackson at InTownMedia.com. We'll be back on Tuesday. Keith. Have a great weekend, buddy. Adios, Jackson. Take care.